On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, Kyle and Tyler discuss who is the best RB in the league, give their two cents on the Thursday night matchups, the bet stamp bet of the week, and preview Sunday games. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast Football Edition. We just had a great set of Thursday night games. Hey, Kyle, Thanksgiving, yes, Shadow did. America. And oh, I know yeah. you hit a lot Happy of bets, eh? You hit some winners uh, last night? Yeah, I know you hit a couple with me, but oh, yeah, I was just on an absolute heater last night. Thank you, Justin Jefferson. Thank you, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, let's start with the Thursday games. We'll get to the Vikings and Patriots game in a little bit, but let's start with the Bills-Detroit game. Fun little stat for you. Bills become the first team to win two straight weeks at Ford Field since 2016. <laughs> oh, <laughs> With the whole re- relocation. Fan. That's very funny. Um, but Bills win a close one, eh, Kyle? Just by a field goal, 28-25. And it was really a game up until the end. Like, the Detroit was leading for some parts of it, but the Bills pulled it out. Anything... Yeah. Anything you have to say about the Lions here, or is it just kind of a write-off rest of the season? I mean, if you're a Lions fan, you watch this game, and obviously you're a bit disappointed that you don't pull out the dub against the Bills um, in what would have been an absolute heartbreaker on Thanksgiving. But, like, you got to be excited about this team. They looked really good. I was actually surprised at how good Jared Goff looked. Uh, Amon Ra just seemed uncoverable in that game and they realistically brought it right down to the wire I think uh Dan Campbell's inexperience as a head coach really showed in terms of like clock management towards the end of the game because especially in the fourth literally yeah yeah like there's times where it's like why haven't you called a timeout yet and then like 15 seconds would go off the clock and then he would call the timeout so it's like okay so you weren't strategically not calling the timeout you just like didn't (laughs) so um i I mean it's growing pains right you've got a really young team with inexperience but brighter days ahead and i mean you have to be really excited about the future in detroit and they're i mean they're just gonna get better like jameson williams should probably be back next week if not the week after and this whole offense is just gonna explode i think yeah i'm totally with you and i'm very excited as a lions fan if you just hit at quarterback in this draft, that's all it takes. If they can get a franchise guy behind this offensive line, the weapons, like you mentioned, Amon Ra, Swift, and you got Williams coming back, man, this is a team that I'm excited for for next year. But it could be the Bills year this year. They win another game against the Lions, and I don't think there's much to say here. Allen's kind of dropped out of his MVP conversation with another pick yet again. Um, but Easiest this Bills team, it's Super Bowl or bust. They lost Von Miller, though. I guess that might be the biggest story that comes out of it. He's injured, yeah. could be out for the year. Yeah, so speculation is that it was an MCL sprain or a meniscus sprain, I guess. Um, he has to have further examinations to determine if he needs surgery right now or if he can wait to get surgery at the end of the season. Mm. Um, but if he does, like, I mean, if he gets surgery at the end of the season, you start to question if he's ready for the beginning of next year. So, I mean, if they're Super Bowl contenders, which they are, you, you ideally want to play through that if you're a guy like Vaughn that wants to chase a ring right now. 
Um, but definitely a huge loss for that defense. He's definitely going to miss a couple weeks and, and it's going to show up on the stat sheets. Yeah. I'm not excited for the bills fans for that, but it is great news that he didn't tear his ACL. There's still hope mm-hmm. that he plays a playoff game and he has been an absolute difference maker this year. I can't believe yeah, how good he is still at this like age. Eight shocks through his first eight games or something. Like he's just he's like leading leagues and like tackles and like pressure rates. It's insane. So hopefully yeah. he's back soon for the Bills. The Cowboys Giants game kind of outlined how good this NFC East is this year. The Giants are seven and four. The Dallas Cowboys are eight and three. What do you make of this game? Is clearly Dallas from, I'd say, halftime on, but the Giants hang in there for the first half. Is it just a lack of weapons that's stopping them from being good? Is it Daniel Jones? What is it? I definitely think it's a lack of weapons because you saw it in the fourth quarter. Like the Giants refused to use their best offensive player in Saquon Barkley, and it was because Dallas's defense could just hone in on him. So you yeah. saw a lot of like fake tosses, fake reverses, things like this that um, they would bring in like two running backs that had Gary Brightwell or Matt Breida in, and were doing like a, a fake pitch to Saquon, and then a misdirection. And that was actually working too sometimes because everything was just stop Barkley. Yeah. But I mean, you can only rely on guys like that to make plays for so long, right? Like you can't expect to continuously run these like realistically trick plays and pick up 10, 15 yards per pop every single play. Um, I think that they got too far away from using Barkley towards the end of this game, which could have realistically cost them this game. Um, But they they need pass catching options because without them, it's way too easy to go. Okay. We're just going to put nine people in the box and stop Saquon. And it makes it really hard to judge Daniel Jones this off season. And this is really when you need to judge him too. It's like coming down the stretch, sure. you're a winning team. You're going for the playoffs and you need to decide, is this your franchise guy? And when you give him no weapons to throw to, it kind of makes that decision a little bit harder. Cause there's that, what if he had the weapons of, the Jalen hurts weapons or the Dak Prescott weapons. And he doesn't, but I don't think he's that guy, but it is hard to say because he doesn't have those weapons to judge. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen Galladay get a little bit more involved. Like I understand that he's a scrub, but like they have literally no one. <laughs> it must be it's... a locker room thing. Cause he's literally getting paid $20 million a year for the next three years. Like, I don't see why you don't give him a chance at this point. But yeah, he's just not seeing the field at all. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they try to switch things up offensively. I'd like to see Daniel Jones run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, 14 Um, yards on three rushing attempts last game. You you should see more out of that for sure. Yeah, like if you're going to be a one-dimensional rushing team, at least make defenses pick between Saquon and Jones taking it off the edge. And a lot of people have said that Daniel Jones is basically like um, a Walmart Josh Allen. Like he can he's be. Vanilla Vic. He's Vanilla Vic. That's a great way to put it. The guy can run though. If you roll he's him got out wheels. eight times, some QB draws in there, like play him like Marcus Mariota. He should be, yeah. have a 70 rushing yard floor. Yeah. No, it's uh he's fast. Um I, I don't understand why they haven't been running the ball with him more because like you look at someone like Josh Allen who he's a threat to put up a hundred rushing yards every game, and like 
he's not taking off on these like big Lamar-esque runs. He's just chunking away like 10 to 15 yards up these open lanes every, yeah. you know, 10 plays offensively just to make the defense super honest. It makes them not want to play those like cover two man looks. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cowboys, they looked great. I'm not going to get too much into them. I'm worried about them as an Eagles fan. But what do you think of the CD Lamb catch? Oh, okay. The catch that he basically the not catch. The not catch. Yeah. Is that the, the one in the end zone? The touch the touchdown. Well, the non-touchdown that got challenged and uh call stood. Okay, so I think that college rules are far superior to NFL rules as far as what makes a catch. I think it's like a big NFL bullshit thing to have a two foot rule at all so I'll, yeah. let's start there i think any catch should be a catch with one foot in and then when it's That's that really close and you're it's clear like the toe touches inside you maybe get a little bit of white i think it ruins the spirit of the game which is the guy caught the ball like had possession of it i am for not taking away touchdowns i can't stand I how many times i see a guy get tackled near the one and they don't call it a touchdown when in review under slow motion, it is just call it a touchdown, go to review. what do you think of yeah. the touchdown with CD? I think it's the right call. I just think that the rule sucks. Exactly. Um, okay. Like, because the, the whole controversy is based around his toe tapping and then his heel coming down immediately after out of bounds. But like, it's just basically a positioning thing because if he was facing backwards and caught the uh, ball over his shoulder and tapped his toes in, it's a touchdown. But because he was facing uh, the line of scrimmage and his foot touches down out of bounds after his toe touched, it's now not a touchdown, which they, there has to be more clarification. Like this is a thing that they have failed to fix year after year after year and then we saw another controversial catch in the uh thursday night game so i mean it's just that they need to make sure that they really drive home what is a catch what qualifies what doesn't and and eliminate these one-off situations yeah, and I think it's bigger than a football issue. I believe it's a full-on sports as a whole issue. If we look at soccer, the World Cup going on, the amount of times you'll see a goal, the only goal of the game, because it's soccer and the spread's like one and a half for the over-under, but the <laughs> only goal of the game will go in, and then we'll see a VAR offside review challenge. And then a guy waited for a soccer ball where 70 minutes in this game, zero, zero, he he's two inches offside. And then the goal is called back because technically the rule is this, if he's offside at all, it's offside, but that's not the spirit of the game. The spirit of offside is you can't be 20 feet off. If it's within an inch, yeah. it shouldn't be challenged. You do the same thing with hockey. There's offside reviews. There's like three reviews a game for goals. It's so annoying with football. The amount of, like reviews you see for catches, non-catches, touchdowns, this yard, whatever. I get it's very important and it all adds up, but at some point, can we just play the game? Yeah. Yeah. The more scoring, the better, in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't see why we have to go to review and waste away points, but 
whatever. Uh, it's it's a whole sports thing, and we're not getting away from it anytime soon. But I'm officially against replay reviews. Let's transition back to the Vikings and Patriots before we get into um, a best RB in the league discussion. So the Patriots, Vikings, Vikings win by a touchdown. Both teams scored. I didn't expect the Patriots to put up so many points. Mac Jones with like 400 passing yards. They didn't have a turnover. They played really well and then still lost just how we all wanted it. Um, Any takeaways for the Patriots in this game other than a heartbreaking loss to their playoff hopes? I mean, you couldn't beat Kirk Cousins in prime time, so you've got to reevaluate everything. Wrap up the season, <laughs> fire the coach. Game's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's that scrub, Belichick? Anyways, get him out. Um, here. yeah. I think biggest takeaways that I saw were first and foremost, uh, a football game is there's three battles. You have your offense, your defense, and your special teams, and the fact that you gave up that huge kickoff return touchdown after coming off a really big drive offensively just deflates your football team. Like your offense just marched downfield, you know, realistically picked Minnesota apart, put up points and then watch the opening or the kickoff go back for a touchdown and then have to go back out and do it again just to make this a football game like as an offense or just as a player in general you feel like shit after that and you know you're in minnesota the stadium's electric at that point and it just it really changes the way this game plays out um and they they realistically they couldn't contain jefferson um they couldn't contain you know like Thielen had a really good game there's I mean, Minnesota played a really good football game. They're using all of their options and weapons, which Belichick has a knack for taking away your number one option. Like he is like, we're going to take away one player and force you to use all of your other players. And Minnesota did that. And then the common saying is that they make him play left-handed when you play Bill Belichick. Yeah. But I mean, and they did that, like Jefferson started off really strong in the first drive, but then after that, he slowed down quite a bit and they just started throwing to Thielen and Hawkinson and getting Cook involved. And then obviously you can't just ignore those things. So you, you get Jefferson involved again because the defense starts focusing on Thielen and Hawkinson. And yeah, like, I mean, it was just a really good, well-coached game by Minnesota, in my opinion. Yeah, that coach over there in Minnesota deserves some coach of the year consideration. Look how good he's doing in his first year over there. Very well done. Um, And that does it for our Thursday night Thanksgiving recap. I love having three Thursday night games. Uh, I know that having Sundays really important to the NFL, like they monopolize the whole day, have as many days as they can. But I would love in the future, maybe throw on a Saturday game, you know, have the game spread out a little bit. I'll watch NFL four or five times a week. If I have to, if I have the opportunity sure. to. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome sitting at work watching some uh, Thursday football action. Exactly. Yeah. Is that work? Just watch it. <laughs> so what I want to do now, Kyle, before we get into the Sunday night games, the Sunday games, before we get into our bet stamp bets of the week, which we have some doozies. I would love to have a good discussion with you about who the best running back in the league is. Cause I have a couple options that I'm really having a hard time picking from, and I'd love to talk about it. The Jefferson game really kind of 
helped your helped your argument that Jefferson's the best receiver in the league. He looked really good. And then <laughs> when he's breaking records that Randy Moss has, it really makes you think he might be the best <laughs> receiver in the league. But RBs, I think it's a bit of a harder discussion. There's so many different runners and there's so there many is. different ways to like uh, grade a running back. So there's like, who's the best runner in the league? Who's the best player in the league? Who's the best, who's the most valuable to their team? And I'll ask you this, Kyle, who do you think is the best runner in the league? Cause there's many ways to grade a, a running back, but let's start with this. Who is the best pure running back in the league? Nick Chubb. You think Nick, Nick Chubb is better than like the Henry's of the league? Yes. I think that Nick Chubb as a pure runner is the best runner in football. Like he, he doesn't lack explosiveness or anything along those lines, but he still plays way bigger than his size. He is a strong running back that can hit holes. He can make you miss in the open field. Um, he's very quick, very agile, accelerates quickly. And like, I mean, he just looks so good when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, and he breaks tackles every single play that he gets the ball. Oh, he's unreal. Uh, it's, it's hard to watch him and not think he's the best runner in the NFL. I love Derrick Henry. I think, Derrick Henry greatly benefits from his size, uh, obviously. And I mean, there's there's no doubting that you could put Henry in that conversation. I just think that Chubb is a more complete runner, whereas Henry is essentially just running you over. Right. And Nick Chubb has the highest yards per attempt in the NFL history for running backs with Wow. Four seasons in the league. It's insane. Like that is the NFL record. 5.3 yards per carry in his career. Per season, it's 5.25, 5.6, 5.5, like every year it's the same thing. Five yards That's a carry, crazy. eight to 12 touchdowns and about a thousand yards. Like, so wow. put that in perspective. You could literally hand, I mean, obviously defenses will adjust, but you could literally hand the ball off to Nick Chubb every play and you wouldn't even get to third down. If your game plan is to give Chubb the ball 20 times and he averages five yards a carry, which is a half yard less than his career average, you're winning the game. I don't see how you lose the game getting five yards a carry from a running back doing that much. The difference between him and Henry and I'll start here with the best runner in the league discussion. Cause I think it's between Chubb and Henry is that Chubb gets those 5.5 yards per carry. And it's pretty consistent. Derrick Henry first two quarters, not that great of a running back. Honestly, if you look at yards per carry last two quarters, watch out fourth quarter, he yeah. is probably the best running back. And that's something to be said about his longevity throughout a game, throughout a season, throughout his career, he's averaging like 300-something touches per season. 2020, he had 378. This year, he's already at 230 through 10 games. He's getting at least 10 touchdowns a season. Wow, that's something else. Do you think someone like Chubb would exceed or um, would like exceed expectations with a workload like Henry? Like, Do you think that he would get better, or do you think he would get worse? Right, because like let's say Chubb was getting those three hundred rush seasons. Yeah, hmm, it's hard to say because you take let's say injury out of it. 
I think Chubb would still be that good. Do you think but, it'd be better than Henry? I think so. But you have to include the fact that Henry did do this. Chubb hasn't. And Henry yeah. still has only really had one injury, that Liz Frank injury to his foot. And he played a full game through it and still had like 100 yards. Who are you more Chubb's scared to? Durable as well. As a coach, who are you more scared of to game Derek plan Henry. against? I'd rather the other team have Chubb than Derrick Henry. So maybe that's 100%. something in Derrick Henry's favor. So those are the two running backs we started with. And how do you think Jonathan Taylor compares to those two? As far as a running back goes, as far as valuableness to his team goes. That's a really tough one because he's had a down year. I think that Jonathan Taylor is a very good pure runner. Um, I think he fits more up into the like you know Saquon Barkley Dalvin Cook conversation where he's a very versatile back that can get it done running the ball and catching the ball whereas we see Chubb and Henry more so just taking handoffs basically right um like Taylor's getting like 40 catches a year along with his 300 rushing attempts yeah definitely think better days ahead for Jonathan Taylor um I think that the offense in general has been brutal this year so it's been lackluster but he's still like 23 years old yeah so you look at these guys like Chubb who I want to say Chubb's like 27 26 and Henry 26 uh and henry is 28 or 29 now so like they've been in this league like they know what yeah, to do that's right when we like we're gonna see jonathan taylor at age 26 and he's gonna be game breaking like he's gonna mm, be so yeah. good as uh obviously barring any sort of injury or anything but he could be just absolutely unreal uh, especially if this colt's offense takes off so yeah, it's really I mean, he's averaging right 123 yards per game last season, and he was 22 that season. So, yeah, why wouldn't it get better? Yeah, you just get more experienced in the NFL. It's like I, I think of like going paintballing. You're always scared of that first time to get hit, and then once you get hit, you're fine. Right. When you start, when you've been playing in the NFL for five, six years, you you kind of know what to expect. Like you you've taken your fair share of big hits. You understand what the defense is going to do to scheme around you. So you can start to strategize around that. You're not scared of dropping your shoulder into that big 240 pound linebacker because you've right. been there. You've done it. Saquon's kind of low key been there around. He's been around too. Like this is his fifth year. Yeah. He's been in the league the same time as Nick Chubb has. His yards per attempt is a full yard lower at 4.4. He's also had some injury issues. One season, he played two games. The last few seasons, he hasn't gotten past 13. In fact, his only full season was his rookie year. Do you think Saquon is worthy of the discussion as best running back in the league? I absolutely do. Um, again, like we kind of touched on it when we touched or talked about the best wide receiver conversation is if you could pick one of these guys to have for a full season, who would you take? And Saquon would probably be at least in my top two. Uh, I just think that he brings a lot to the table in terms of his strength running the football. Um, he he has that like wide base where he can make these cuts and his jump cuts are insane. And he, he just makes people miss, finds holes that you didn't know were there. 
And I, I think he's extremely valuable. And it'll be really interesting to see if he even stays in New York this year because he could very well go play somewhere that doesn't have shitty turf and hope to stay healthy and maybe play on a better offense that he's not the focal point that's getting stuffed every single run. Cause that's where we're seeing his yards per carry and stuff drop off is like their offense has just been shit. And to your point, he does play in literally the worst stadium in the NFL. NFL players yes. complain about that turf all the time. The Kelsey's on their new Heights podcast they're literally shitting all over MetLife. And it's awful. Can you imagine that being your home stadium as a running back? That's tough for Saquon. And maybe if he wasn't drafted the Giants, we would see him as the best receiver, or, sorry, the best running back in the league because he hasn't missed all that time that he missed because of the turf from. Yep. You it's never a know, super man. valid argument, right? Like, I mean, you're a guy that's coming off a major ACL injury. It took you a couple years to get back to form you don't want to go through that shit again like why are you taking unnecessary risks staying in new york with a team that like is likely going to be replacing their quarterback has a very young offensive line but no receiving options or weapons and is going to have to start adding more pieces to this uh defense as well like it's just I think that they're playing very good football right now but i think to have those expectations of them next year is very far-fetched wow i wonder about that that's a great point if you see saquon somewhere else i think people will quickly realize he might be the best running back in the league i wouldn't be shocked if he became that but i think right now the number one best running back in the league is christian mccaffrey and it's hard to say because you know, I'm maybe I'm just remembering 2019 and 2018 when he was fully healthy and just taking over the world. I mean, in 2019, he had 19 touchdowns. He had a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. No one does that. This year, he's played 10 games, which is the same amount as he's done the two previous years combined. Yeah. When healthy, Christian McCaffrey could be the best running back in the league, not because of just his pure running skills, but because he's that good of a receiver. And in today's NFL, we do have to talk about receiving when we refer to the best RB in the league. Henry has brick hands or else he might be a 3000 yard player year in, year out. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best receivers in the league and he plays RB also one of the smartest. You can put him anywhere in the offense as a coach, is there any RB you'd rather have on your team more than this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's so versatile, right? Like, even watching a San Fran, like, again, he's not getting as many touches as he was in Carolina, but he's still so valuable every time he touches the football. It's like he, he's a first down machine. You never see McCaffrey touch the ball and get, like, two yards. It's always, like, 10 yards. And it's you know, you can, you can pitch it out to him. You can make him throw the ball if you want to, you can just let him run between the tackles or hit him on a screen pass and like line him up out wide. Like he just, he can line up literally all over the football field, which speaks volumes to his intelligence. Cause he has to know what every single position on the football field is doing and why. And it makes defenses guess like they can, you could literally be like the ball is going to CMC this play but you have to figure out how and Ow. like you're going to, yeah. It's just, you know, you get 
I think the best is still yet to come from CMC in this 49ers offense because we haven't seen them in a situation where they really need a big CMC game. And there's gonna it's gonna come. Like there's gonna be a time where they're in a tight divisional game and they need a huge drive downfield to score and tie the game up. And CMC is just gonna go ballistic and he's gonna touch the ball every single play and he's gonna pick up 75 yards and score them a touchdown. Yeah, and I know that people are really bummed out about his two years where he was dealing with hamstrings and injuries. He played three games one year, then seven games the next. He was perfectly healthy the first three years before that. He's been perfectly healthy this year. And when he is playing, like you said, Kyle, he's an automatic first down. And he's getting like, I mean, you don't see it because you don't see that like 30 carry mark from CMC, but he was getting the Derrick Henry workload. He was just catching the ball 10 (laughs) times and running it 20. So it's not like he like total touches. I I don't know what the exact number is. I'd be curious to see, but it's probably pretty comparable in total touches per game to Derrick Henry. That's a good point. Like us use 2019, for example, when CMC became the third player ever to have a thousand rushing, a thousand receiving. He had 290 rush rushing attempts and 110 receive receptions on 140 targets. That same so year, Derrick Henry touches. only had 300 rushes. So like Christian McCaffrey got hit. 33% more than Derrick Henry. Yeah. And look at the fucking guy. Like, he's not Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, he's not like, Derrick Henry. <laughs> you look at Derrick Henry, like, he could take 300 hits. <laughs> no well, problem. Yeah, right? When you look at Derrick Henry, it kind of makes sense how they use him and he hasn't broken down yet. Oh, he's bigger than everyone in the league. Yeah. Going to San Fran was the best thing for CMC's longevity and career. Like, we haven't heard any injury news since he went to San Fran. None. Yeah, he, perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm excited for CMC in San Fran. There's a reason the Super Bowl odds moved from plus 25 to like plus 14. The second he was announced as a 49er, because that's how game-breaking, how much of a difference Christian McCaffrey can be. And that is why, for me, Kyle, I have CMC as my number one best running back in the league. Do you agree, or would you take Chubb? I would... (sighs) I don't think I would take Chubb over CMC. Like if I was picking one player, CMC, it would be between CMC and Barkley for me, just because I I want a player that I can utilize all over the football field, not someone that I can only hand the ball off to. So I think that those are the two best guys to do it. I think that Barkley offers a different type of skill set where you can run him uh, between the tackles a little bit more. And I think that finding those like scat backs that can get you those chunk plays like a JD McKissick, like I think that that's a little bit easier to find than someone that's like a true runner between the tackles Mm. that can also go out and catch the ball. So I'd probably lean Barkley, but it's definitely close. Yeah. If you're roster building, I'd be very happy to have Barkley on my team, McCaffrey on my team. And if you're talking about longevity, I'm probably leaning Taylor because he's 23 yeah. and could easily become if better than Barkley. And I'd say he could become CMC level minus the route running. Cause I honestly think CMC is the best route running running back I've ever seen. Yeah. He makes it look so easy too. So that's our best RB discussion. I mean, you tell us DM us, leave a comment. Who is the best RB in the league? Kyle, time for our Bet Stamps Bet of the Week. Cue the music. Ooh. 
love that betting music. Uh, thank you, BetStamp. Shout out BetStamp. Download BetStamp using code LooseChange. The referral code LooseChange when using BetStamp. BetStamp is basically the Expedia of sports betting. It helps us find the best odds for our bets. Kyle, yes, Rashad does. White is someone that we've That's won money guy. on before. Yes. How do we do it this week? Rashad White scoring a touchdown this week. Um, <laughs> we got we got some news that Lenny is dealing with a hip injury and he's doubtful for Sunday's game. Um, they're playing Cleveland's run defense, which isn't great. And we saw Rashad White realistically take over their last game in um, was that when they were in Germany? Yeah, he was for uh, sure the start of that game. He's definitely going to be the start of this week. He's going to see 20 plus touches in this game. Um, most sports books have him as like a minus 115 touchdown scorer, the scorer this week. Um, so like, don't go bet it on somewhere like FanDuel or points bet that it's minus 115. Go over to cool bet. They've got it at plus 163, which is a huge swing. Huge. Um, jump. Hopefully by the time you guys hear this, it hasn't changed. Um, in light of the Leonard news, but I'm putting money on that. I have 50 bucks on it. So I'm ready. I'm, I like this bet at plus money. Anything I see on pro line is yes. plus plus one thirty, but right now, if you can get it at plus plus one sixty on cool bet, um, you have to, I also have 50 bucks on it against this Rundy, the Cleveland Rundy. Every single week I watch the Cleveland game, they're getting scored on by a running back. So why, why change it? Right. Don't fix what's not yep. broken. You got it. And let's see what you got with the, your young running back, right? I'm excited to see how it goes. And since we're other... but well, if we're on touchdown scores, Kyle, I'm going to yeah. tell you about another lock. DK Metcalf to score a touchdown. He can run it in if he wants, but he's going to catch it. You can get this odd at a lot of different odds. I see on FanDuel, it's plus 100, bet 99 plus 100. But you can get this all the way at plus 150 in Batano. We're using Ontario Sportsbooks for the purpose of this as we're both based there. But I like DK Metcalf to get a touchdown using Betstamp to get the best odds. Yes, sir. Download Betstamp. Loose change, baby. You want to make some money? Here's our two cents. Download the app. And that was our Betstamp's bets of the week. Thank you, Betstamp. All right, Kyle, let's do the Sunday games. Falcons, Commanders, let's start it off right at 1 o'clock. Commanders favorited by four points. How we feel about this game? For me, I am all over the commies. Really? Oh, I'm just not oh. a Mariota guy. And without Pitts, it doesn't help. I like Taylor Heineke. Were they what really throwing doing. it to him anyways? <laughs> I mean, Mariota sucks, dude. He's such a bad quarterback. It doesn't matter what they do. I like the commanders here. Uh, I probably have to roll with you here just because I I like the Washington receiving options in this game against Atlanta's poopy secondary. And I just don't think Atlanta is going to be able to keep pace if players like McLaurin and Dotson um, you know, go off for a couple of big touchdowns. So Washington's at home. I, I got to give them the edge here. Yeah, I'm with you. And we're bo- obviously both on the Ravens to beat the Jaguars, right? Oh, obviously. 
moving on bears jets so if fields plays this makes a huge difference line right now is six points for the jets so it seems like they don't know if fields is going to play based on this vegas line either way though i like the jets to win and they'll probably cover if fields isn't playing i i'm really conflicted about fields because i don't i don't want him to play like he he's playing with a torn is like torn ligaments in his non-throwing shoulder but like you've got your young emerging quarterback who could be your guy of the future playing for pointless games like minnesota has locked up this division already you're not competing for anything this year the why bears have you... no chance at a playoff spot yeah why would you go out and risk uh fields having to get a surgery that could set him back for next year so i mean i hope they don't play him it kind of sounds like they're going to but i think that the jets defense is going to get it done here and um i think we're going to see an uncomfortable fields even if he does play is fields a franchise quarterback uh, i don't know is jalen hurts yes <laughs> Jalen Hurts is absolutely a franchise quarterback. You put him in the same level, eh? Same tier? Not, not quite. But I think that you're we're seeing a, a similar career arc where, you know, Hurts was very much doubted going into this season because yeah. he could run the ball, he could generate yards, but he was, you know, turning the ball over, not really winning as many football games as he probably could have, and then bang, you get him a weapon and he starts actually doing something. So. Yeah, that's true. Bengals at Titans. This is going to be a fun game. Bengals are two and a half point favorites. Titans have a great run D, a not great pass D, and an offense that I just can't figure out why it's good. Like outside of Derrick Henry, why do they, how do they score points? They do it though. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Tennessee in this one. Mixon's out. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to probably try to play, but he is coming off. Uh, you know, five weeks off where he was on crutches with a hip injury. So I think we're going to see if we do see Chase, like an 80 to 90% Chase, which I mean, is still fantastic. But um, I think Tennessee's defense is playing fantastic football. I think they're going to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, Traylon Burke started to come out last week a bit. So I think uh, Tennessee wins a close one here. I'm actually totally jumping on board with you here. I'm a big fan of Tennessee, and I think the easy picks the Bengals. When you give me two and a half, I kind of, you know, I scrunch my eyes up a little bit and wonder why you want me to bet the Bengals. So I won't be. Yeah. And when your, you know, co-host Bengals fan is at Swish LA with his nanny. Shout you, out, Dan. You got to pick against him. Shout out, Dan. Broncos, Panthers. The Broncos are only a point favorite against the Panthers who are going to start Sam Darnold. Oh my God. Do we have no respect for Denver? This is hilarious. Am I really going to pick Sam Darnold? I might. Are you? I'm doing it. Are you doing it? I'm taking Denver. I just think that Denver's defense is too much for Carolina to handle. And as stinky as Denver's offense has been, they looked a little bit better last week and their defense is going to set them up to win this game. Dude, the it's over like, under is 36. <laughs> under? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, Who's going to score? Saw, 
I saw a stat that was like, if the Broncos put up 18 points in regulation in every single game this year, they'd be like nine and two or something. <laughs> Their defense is so good. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm going to make a little audible call here. Bet of the week, both these quarterbacks to throw an interception. That's the bet of the week. Yeah, that's reasonable. Texans, Dolphins. Plus Dolphins. 14 for the Texans. Let's not even talk about it. Dolphins going to walk all over them. So I, I'll quickly ask you, though, do you think that this Kyle Allen change at quarterback is going to change anything for this Texans offense? Like, do you see Brandon Cooks getting more involved? Do you think that he's going to be an improvement from Davis Mills? Or do you think that this is just a, a Hail Mary for them? See, if I didn't know who Kyle Allen was, I'd be more excited about it. But since I've seen Kyle Allen play in Carolina and in Washington, I think I I know what he is. And he's not an improvement over Mills. I think it's important that you bench Mills because he hasn't been playing the best. And maybe at practice, Allen's been playing a little bit better than him. Maybe he's a bit uh, less risky with the ball which is what you want at quarterback, it might give them a better chance to win, but I don't think it helps any of the receivers specifically. I feel like what my memory of Kyle Allen was like pretty decent play. Um, I, I Very good have game go... manager. Like he doesn't throw the picks that Mills yeah. does. Yeah. So I think that like, obviously it's tough against a really high powered Dolphins offense. And Dolphins win this for sure, but I'm just I'm I'm watching this game because I want to see if not so much because I give a fuck about Kyle Allen, but like I want to see if they can get some of these other guys involved. Like Nico Collins started to come out of his shell a little bit, and you know Brandon Cooks has been very mediocre, and like they should be doing better as a receiving core, and it it's it's one of those things where you have to see what you have for the future. If you're Houston right now. Yeah. We're clearly at this part of the season for Houston. So let's go see if this wide receiver can be an alpha in Nico. I hope Nico can be, I love his name, but I'm not sure. Bucks Browns. We talked about the Rashad white hammer that touchdown. That's happening. He might score five times. Buccaneers are favored by three and a half points. I think Brady is all the way back. This is Brissett's last game as a starter, possibly in the NFL ever. The Browns are going to lose yet again and make it even more of a dumpster fire season. I like Brady in the Bucs. I like Brady in the Bucs this week too. It's crazy to think that Watson's going to be back next week. I don't know if I'm ready for it. At Houston, what do you think the reception is going to be like? I'm thinking this guy is going to get booed from start to finish. It might be frustrating to watch. Are they in Cleveland next week? Versus Houston? I, I could have sworn I saw that they're visiting they're Houston. Houston. Yeah, so it's oh. in Houston. Dude. Oh, yeah. His He's first getting back. booed like fucking crazy. And like I think I might take Houston to win that game. I don't care who's How, quarterback. Like, I, the NFL has to do this on purpose right a hundred percent like we've seen we saw like opening week was so many revenge games and it's like 
how did you guys know that Russell Wilson was going to be in Denver? Like, how did you? Yeah, why is the schedule you... set up for Russell Wilson to instantly play his old team? Uh, yeah, why is Baker Mayfield playing the Browns week one? Like, right. it's just like, and then it suddenly it was like, oh, okay, Deshaun Watson's going to come back against the Ravens, and then it gets pushed back, and it's like, nah, who does he play now against the Texans? Yeah, like, are you used... fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, there's no way it's a coincidence. The NFL is king for knowing how to get people to care. Like, people are going to tune into a Browns-Texans game in December. That would never happen. Go Houston. Fuck Deshaun Watson. Uh, Chargers-Cardinals. Chargers minus three. Arizona should have Kyler Murray back in this game. And Marquise Brown. And Marquise Brown. First time seeing Hollywood and Hopkins on the same side. They're missing Rondell Moore, but I'm excited to see how Cardinals play this one. I don't think Cardinals are a guaranteed loss. Like I've been hearing a lot of people just wish it right to the Chargers. I think I might be on Arizona to cover here with you giving me three points. I think I would take Arizona to cover here. I I don't know that I'd take Arizona to win this one, but I'm not confident enough to, cover. to do that. Yeah. Like they're starting to get healthier. James Connor's been looking pretty solid. Um, you're getting a healthy Kyler back. Well, at least as healthy as he can be. A healthy Hollywood. You've got De- like DeAndre Hopkins looks so good. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like he never missed a step. Those steroids really helped him out. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Mike Williams is out. Uh, he aggravated that ankle injury, so. I, like I think Arizona probably squeaks away with one at home here. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. We might be the no, only not podcast to mention, going for it. Not to mention, Kingsbury's got to be on the hot seat at this point. Like he's got to win football games. I totally agree. This might be. I would not be shocked if they lost this game by like 15 points. If we wake up tomorrow, like on Monday, and Kingsbury's fired, Kingsbury, they might fire him in the tunnel. <laughs> in the tunnel. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Also, like. Do they do the same thing to McDaniels? Raiders at Seahawks. Raiders, three and a half point dogs. This was a big season for the Raiders. Lots of people took them as like a competitor with the Chiefs to come out of the AFC West. As obviously not happening. First year coach, do you give him another year or is it donezo now? I think that this is a financial thing because the reports that I've seen have been that you know, they can't move on from McDaniels. They gave him such a big contract. And like this team is broke as fuck right now because they just went and built this new stadium in Las Vegas. Right. Like you can't just afford to fork over whatever, like hundred million dollars to pay out McDaniels. Just be like, okay, we're done with you after like 10 weeks. So I think they just uh, let it ride. I also don't know how much of like uh, how much fault I'm placing on McDaniels. I get he's the head coach, but is he really in charge of the defensive players and how they tackle? Like the Raiders can't make a tackle at all. I don't know if it's yeah. the offensive coach's fault for why they suck. Yeah, like I mean, there's been times where the offense has looked bad, but like he's J- Josh Jacobs has emerged as a true number one running back in this offense. Devontae Adams has opened up the passing game Derek Carr has been playing he's played well the last couple of weeks he started off slow um 
but I mean, like their offensive line is suspect. You can't really blame McDaniels for the personnel. So I think they keep him around probably for another year. Is Derek Carr a top 15 quarterback in the NFL? No. And I agree with you. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with a bottom half quarterback. It's definitely not easy to do it. Not many teams have in the last 25 years. No. Like, it would take a crazy run. Like, I think of, like, the Ravens run with Joe Flacco where it was like... Right. Joe Flacco wasn't... He was probably in that like 12 to 18 tier of quarterback at that point in time. But like, look at their fucking defense. (laughs) I'm like, look at the Raiders defense. Like, you are not winning a football game. And like, good luck. Go find fucking Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Yeah, it ain't happening for the Raiders. (laughs) Like, like, that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl with a mediocre quarterback these days. Um, and like, look at Denver, like Denver has an amazing defense this year and they can't even win with Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Who is I definitely not seen, a 15 quarterback. Top I've 15. seen rumors of uh, Raiders and Packers doing a car for Rogers swap. Wow. <laughs> Get Devonte and Aaron on the same team again. That would be so yeah. funny. I feel like Rogers and Vegas is just a absolute crapshoot waiting to happen. I love it. You heard it here first. Two cents insiders. Rams, Chiefs. By the way, I'm taking Seahawks to beat the Raiders there. Rams, yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs favored by 15 and a half points versus a quarterback. I don't even know the name of. Chiefs win this game, obviously. Rams are dead. Wait, what's the, what's the spread? 15 and a half. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> they Vegas has no faith in Bryce Perkins. That's the name. defending Super Bowl champions, almost 16 point underdogs deep into a season. I feel like anytime I see plus money that is more than two touchdowns, I feel so obligated to take it. I know. <laughs> because, like, how often did teams get blown out by two scores at the NFL level, let alone the reigning Super Bowl champions? Yes, they lost Cooper Cup. Yes, Stafford is out. But, like, you still have a defense that comprises of like Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. And like, they're, they're still a talented team. Yeah. The chiefs are the chiefs. And I get that. But usually, like you said, Kyle, when you see that big of a spread, I'm very tempted to take the team with 17 points, 16 points in their favor. When you bet against the chiefs, when they're favored by this, you typically win your bet. Mahomes is something like three and nine in his last 12 games where he's favored by over eight points against the spread, not straight up. Like he still wins the games, but he doesn't typically cover. I would take the Rams to cover the spread here, but I, I would too, but definitely no chance at winning. Chance to win it. Yeah. No 49ers at Saints. Uh, 49ers, nine and a half point favorites. Andy Dalton still at quarterback. There's reports that Taysom Hill will be getting more. uh, Yeah, exactly. There's reports that Taysom Hill should be getting more snaps, but it's the 49ers game to lose. Why aren't they getting Winston in there? I just like, what do you have to lose as New Orleans? It makes zero sense to me. You, you know that Dalton's not sticking around. Like the dude's like 34, 35 years old. He is not your quarterback of the future. Winston could be. 
yeah, like, I mean, yeah, sure, it's a long shot, but give me a dart throw at a franchise QB with a one in a million shot over literally zero. It's zero or one percent. What would you rather have? Like, like if you were if you were in a situation where you could, you know, win a Super Bowl this year, I could understand starting a vet like Dalton as a game manager if you felt that he was at, you know, even with Winston. But at this point, like, what do you have to lose? Like, just, you know, get your younger guys out there and see if they can play ball. What do you have to lose and what do you have to win? You don't have a first round pick. So it's not like you're gaining draft capital for every loss. It's not like tanking. Aha, we don't tank, but we tank like some other teams have done in the past, like many teams have done in the past. But this is a team that isn't in a position to tank and clearly looks like they're tanking from a quarterback position. Yeah, and I mean, like, they could be looking toward, you know, getting an early second-round draft pick, but sure, it's, I mean, you you have so much talent that people thought that they were at least playoff contenders going into this year, and Winston looked really good at the beginning of last year. Yeah. Yeah, he started slow, but, I mean, we're talking 30 for 30 Jameis Winston. Sometimes you just got to let him toss the ball a little bit. He's going to throw three picks in the game. It'll happen. But he's also yeah. going to throw 400 yards the next game and a few touchdowns. That's not exactly. happening with Dalton. I agree with you, Kyle. I'm totally on board with you. I would be starting Winston every game that I can. I, I'm not the Saints coach, thank God. And I'll go 49ers minus nine and a half. Yep. My Philadelphia Eagles pulled one out against the Colts last week. Holy shit, my asshole was tight. They're six and a half point favorites against the Packers this week at home. What do we feel about the Eagles? Do they cover? Do they win? Is Aaron Rodgers dead? Yes, yes, and yes. Love it, love it, love it. Agree, <laughs> agree, agree. <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers actually done so here? Like, this is the game because they'd be out of a playoff spot if they lose this one. They'd be four and eight, no chance. Does he like wow, stop playing? Bad. Does he keep going? Like, what are we doing here? I feel as though it's one of those things where I can't even picture the Packers like getting blown out here because I can't picture Rodgers being on a four and eight team. Yeah, it's it's really odd to see. Like, I mean, they have started to look a little bit better the past couple of weeks getting players like Watson involved, but I just I don't think that they can keep up with the firepower that Philly has. And Philly's playing really good defense at home. I don't know. Like, if the Packers lose this one, do you consider getting Jordan Love in there for some more reps? Like, if you're eliminated Legit. from playoff contention. Why not? That's a great question to pose. Let's say they lose this one. They're four and eight. Why not start Jordan Love? Some I can't believe we're at this part of the, the... season. I've never would have seen this coming. Haven't Minnesota the Packers lost like five games. Packers lost like five what? games last two years in the regular season. Yeah, they were like the number one seed in the NFC two years in a row, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How they fall from their graces. I'm happy, though. The Packers have been good for long enough. They can suck it. They can stick it. Yeah, same with Tom Brady. Stick it, Brady. Stick it, Rodgers. Stillers at the Colts. Got Tomlin and Saturday, probably the two most talented and uh, respected coaches in the NFL. How do we feel about the Colts being favored 
favorited by two and a half points. Is it just that little respect we have for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett at this point? They're playing bad football. They had a 22-yard TD last year, or uh, last game, which was their highest of the year. Yeah, their previous was like eight. Eight, yeah. (laughs) I will say, like, Najee has started to look a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. So it's possible we start to see this run defense take a step, or run offense take a step in the right direction. And, but I mean, like, the Colts look a little bit, I won't say completely resurgent, but definitely a little bit resurgent under Saturday. So, and I want the Steelers to lose. So I'm, I'm rolling Colts. I'm with you. I love Jeff, Jeff Saturday and they played the Eagles very well last week. Jeff so. Sunday night, Jeff Sunday, Jeff Monday in this case is going to oh, be Jeff Monday. Yeah. Jeff Monday. And that does it for our previews of the games. And that does it for our episode of the loose change podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Peace out.